It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. My guest today is John Garrett, CEO founder and publisher of Community Impact Newspaper. John and Jennifer launched the first edition of Community Impact in 2005 from the game room of their home with three full-time employees covering the Round Rock and Pflugerville edition near Austin, Texas. Today, the newspaper has more than 240 employees, 33 hyper-local editions across Texas, Arizona, Tennessee, and Georgia, and is delivered monthly to more than 2.7 million homes and businesses. John graduated cum laude from Sam Houston State University with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Radio and Television. John and Jennifer have three lovely daughters, Molly, Ruby, and Sophie, and live in Round Rock, and they are active members of City View Bible Church. John Garrett, welcome into the corner office. Thanks, Brant. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. You know, we're about week four into this COVID crisis. I know this episode is going to be launching a little bit later, but gosh, I'm just so grateful to hear that your family and your employees are well. It sounds like everybody's working from home as, as most of us are these days. And hopefully all of you that are listening to this podcast find it as a way of entertainment. Uh, some of us need that uh, from time to time, getting away from our day-to-day -day activities. And John, we're really excited about hearing your story. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your early years. Uh, tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what your early family life was like. Yeah, sure. I grew up in a family of six. I was the youngest of four oh, kids. Wow. And, um, but, but a really loving family, um, Christian home. Yeah. Uh, we really grew up in Austin, which is kind of rare. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. most people in Austin are, are, um, you know, are, have come here the last 10 or 15 years. Sure. Sure. And so, yeah, I grew up here, went to school actually in Pflugerville where our corporate right. headquarters is now located, which is kind of cool. And, um, went to, uh, uh, school at Sam Houston, which is a state university in yep. uh, Texas, and really just uh, had a great uh, upbringing. Uh, my family was uh, very supportive of of all we were doing. And um, tell me about your parents. What what kind of work did they do? And you know, what was mom working the home with 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 four kids? I'm sure she was busy with that. That did she have an outside job? And what was dad's profession? Yeah, so they both they they actually owned an insurance brokerage company oh, in cool. Austin. Yeah. Uh, and so I, there, there were many, you know, summers where, uh, the siblings and I would go out and put flyers at people's doors to try to help, help sell insurance to, to, uh, individuals. And, but I, I really learned the, the, the most, uh, about how local businesses are really mm. important to communities, uh, through, through my parents' work, you know, 
they would have a customer that maybe owned an auto shop that um that who's, who's small business yeah yeah whose husband died oh, right boy. Mm. you know and so the, the wife is left over trying yeah. to figure out what to do with the business my, my dad's you know the life insurance salesperson and so he's helping kind of help her like do buyouts and wow. you know um really step so in I, yeah and i just yeah. I, I saw i just fell in love with with mom and pops yeah that's awesome so mm-hmm. mom was involved in the business as well yep yep she was she's yeah. probably she she did uh, she the interesting side note that that was just interesting later is that my grandparents actually started a magazine called Texas School Business Magazine that was wow. a magazine for you know school professionals so they dipped their toe a little bit into that with them and um, I learned I learned some some interesting lessons about that about yeah. how family to get family business together could also also cause some cause some problems relationally. So, uh, well, it keeping... sounds like the publication business is part of your DNA. I know you spent a big part of your career and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, yeah. but that's interesting yeah. having that, uh, that framework. And, and, um, yeah. you know, tell me, uh, brothers and uh, you mm-hmm. said you were uh, four children. Were they brothers and brothers and yeah. sisters? I presume were they yeah, both? Two, in, were... Yeah. Two sisters. And I, two I, sisters. I, I was the youngest. Um, yeah, yeah. so an older brother who, who beat me up a lot and, uh, you learn a lot. You become scrappy. Was the kids involved in the business growing up? Was that some of the things that you did uh, part time? And yeah, yeah, we would go out and um, and do whatever we could to help help mom and dad yeah. uh, get new business. And uh, but mostly, you know, it was them, and they they supported our little league games and um, you know let us do you know all the activities that we could possibly do. Awesome. Um, awesome. so it was, a, it was a good, it was a good upbringing. Now you mentioned growing up in a Christian home. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say to our listeners, uh, uh, uh both, um, John and I are members of C12 group. It's a, uh, a global now, right? Peer advisory for CEOs that, uh, are faith inspired and faith-based businesses. And, uh, John, I've been involved, I guess, going on my three years. I know you've been, uh, you know, Austin's a real hotbed, uh, for C12 and you, you've, you know, you've been involved for a while, but you'd mentioned that you grew up in a Christian home. So tell me about that. Uh, you know, what role did uh, Christ play in your upbringing? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I remember, uh, I remember accepting Jesus like outside of Sunday school, like when I was five, I like wow, still remember awesome. the moment, yeah. but I didn't really accept, uh, I didn't really understand the need for a savior, frankly, until, uh, until my teen years, which uh, many people could probably relate to. Like sure, that's absolutely. when you start recognizing that you are a sinner. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, oh, so, I, so happily said, <laughs> yes. So by the grace of God, you know, one day I remember reading uh, a book and, um, it asked the question, if you, if you were unsure about your salvation, how you can be sure mm-hmm. and, and walk, kind of walk through the, the, um, the gospel that, that, you know, that it is a personal choice. Um, and even if you make it when you're five, that, that, that it's, that's still okay, but it is, right. a part, so you have to kind of make it your own, I think at some point. And that's what I did. I, I recognized mm-hmm. that I was a sinner and I believed that Jesus loved me and died for me and he defeated death. And, and I believe the, with the I, I believe the Bible when it says that if you, if you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth that you're saved and, yeah. And so I brought, I made it my own. And so, and that was, that was transformative. I mean, it, it changed everything. I mean, when I went to, when I went to college, I was, you know, in a fraternity, I was a president of our fraternity and, you know, mm. there's a lot of stuff that happens in our fraternity, but I, I remember. <laughs> Some we, of us we, we can't talk about on a podcast, right? Yeah, so. I don't, I don't, I don't want, those were the analog years. We got to keep yes, them in the right. analog. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I remember there, we, we got in a fight with a, with a frater- another fraternity group, a bunch of people in our fraternity. Did. So we had like an all hands on deck meeting and, 
you know, I brought out the Bible to that group to try mm. to calm them down, to, um, to try to be the light, you know, to those around us. And so, uh, mm. yeah, so that was, it's been a big part awesome. of my life. So and, mom and dad uh, obviously were Christians and, and encouraged you kids to go to Sunday school and were involved. Was that a weekly event for you? Uh, did you, you know, have other things that you did growing up in the church, uh, you know, family camps and, you know, summer, you know, uh, camps and so forth? Yeah, we did a few uh, summer camps. Mostly it was just church, uh, Sunday right. church um, for us. And then a couple of youth camps, um, um, you know, really, I, I just felt like I, I recognized uh, that there, there there are there was a moment where it felt like um that God was calling me to stand out because there's mm-hmm. a lot of Christians that, that, that kind of, we just, we just kind of like, we're kind of scared to stand out in a, right. in a crowd. Sure. And sure. I just noticed that. Like, I had that until I, I was about 55. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. I, yeah. I believe you. I, I, and I yeah. understand. Yeah. I, I, what I, what I found was interesting though, is that when you do stand out, when you choose to do that, then all of a sudden you see all these other eyes yeah. and yeah. smiles pop up. Like they're so glad that you kind of right. st- st- stood right. up, and um, and so when I learned that, I just like I do it all the time now. When I Good speak, when I awesome. anytime I have a chance, I say something. Yeah. Who were some of the other, or what maybe were some of the other in early inspirations in your childhood? Um, you know, I think uh, it was really interesting. There's actually a U.S. senator um, that uh, that when I was at when I was at Pflugerville High School. I was in a speech and debate class and yeah. this guy was a, we'll call him Senator Langford out okay. of Oklahoma okay. was a, um, was actually a high school. Um, he was going to be a teacher. So he was like a student aide. Wow. And, and he could tell during my, my classroom that he, I, I was starting to talk a little bit about my faith and, and he just took a real interest in me. And so mm. he just, he would take me out, we'd throw the ball around and, and I remember he, at the end of his semester, he wrote me this note that just stood with me. And it was, uh, it was never tire of doing what is right. Wow. And I, I just, awesome. I, it's in that amazing, like, and so That's then one, a great day, one day, and he I wasn't a like, senator then, just no, to be clear. He was, a, he was just yeah. a kid who was a few years older than you, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he, and I saw him on C-SPAN. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and now, wow, and that's now inspirational. you see him on, you know, CNN and he's, yeah. he's a pretty outspoken, uh, Republican senator. And so he, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's pretty neat. Um, yeah, that's really and, cool. uh, that was a neat moment. So I think it goes to just saying that, Hey, like these kids, these youth, especially, uh, they, they just reaching out to them and showing them some wow. uh, love and that they matter and, um, and just speaking an some wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that yeah. crazy that I remember awesome. that? That's great. Uh, no, it's good. That, I, you know, yeah. that, that's some of the, I can't remember a thing about what I learned my first year of college, but I had a, a debate <laughs> teacher. Interesting. As you mentioned debate. Yeah. I remember telling him, telling me, Brant, you could be president someday, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, I was 19 years old, but you know, you remember that. And he was so inspirational. Larry, Larry Williamson. I still remember he's still teaching. And, uh, you know, Doesn't those it challenge you to say it like, does, it does. Oh, I'm the president of my kids? own company. So he was right. But, but what I mean is like, like, what are we saying to the youth That's around right. us today? Exactly. Like, yeah. what are we going to, what words of uh, encouragement can we give yeah. somebody around us? We can do a lot more of that. Yeah. Were you a good student in school, John? Uh, again, the early years, kind of middle school, high school? Yeah, I was I was the student that always got good grades regardless mm. of my work. Um, you know, I, I was really, I always did well in school. And, um, and you know, even in college, I was smart enough to get those first, you know, six uh you know, I guess, I guess first three semesters of a strong foundation, you know, right. I, I think I had a four Oh until my, my third year nice. of college. So, 
Yeah, I I uh, always, but I wasn't. It wasn't because I was like, I, I mean, I was an achiever. Like I wanted to get good grades. Like you I cared hard. about my grade. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I wasn't like su- studying all the time. Like I wasn't yeah. that guy yeah. either. So what did you do outside of class? You know, sports, music, theater. You know, high school, middle school years. Yeah, high school I was doing debate, golf, yeah. and and band. And then in college, I really, uh, I really just hung out with friends. Um, that mm-hmm. was really my you know, I joined a fraternity my, my sophomore year. And that was, you know, God really used that in a big way to to teach me about leadership and how do you lead people that have different values than you have? And who, who, who do you really want to hang out with? Um, uh, there, he, he taught me so much, uh, about yeah. leadership in, in those years in, in, yeah. in uh, college. So, awesome. um, just getting involved. I did, I did, I studied radio and television. So I did, yeah. I did sports broadcast, uh, radio right. for, small awesome. high schools around and I uh, really enjoyed that. And um, you're not shy it, about being on a podcast that John. Oh, well, well, listen, I'll tell you, it's that, <laughs> it's that old, it's that old story, right? Where the, uh, where the, uh, the TV guys say you have a voice for radio. Well, <laughs> I was always told I had a face for radio, but I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I messed it up. The, the TV guys say I have a face for radio. Well, the radio guys <laughs> said that I have a voice for the printed word. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I had heard that one. That's, that's good. Well, that's my life. So that's why I, I love went, it. studied I love radio it. television and I went to the newspaper. Oh, reports. God. What about entrepreneurial things? Uh, were you doing any of those younger? Do you have the ubiquitous paper route, you know, selling Christmas cards and stuff? Was that part of your upbringing? My, my paper route is different. I was the guy that uh, when my, my parents rent came into hard times, I was a big uh, George Brett fan, a Kansas City Royals oh, fan. Sure. And uh, yeah. so I would run across the street and instead of delivering papers, I would I would sneak them from my neighbors <laughs> to find out how George <laughs> Brett was did. going on. Right. Yeah. If he was over four, I had a, a bad day. But then I would put the paper back in the wrapper and take it back over there. And um, I think my neighbors probably knew what I was doing, but they <laughs> as long as I returned it, I think they were OK with it. Oh, that's um, cool. But no, I didn't do the paper. I, I did. You know, I, I, I experimented a little bit with like baseball cards and that kind of thing, but right. never really, um, never really got into, into business. Um, I always felt like I wanted to own my own business. Sure. Um, there's some funny stories there with my wife after college, but, um, but no, I, I really, I, I was smart enough in college somehow to take two years of accounting and that was really smart. Right. It turned out to pay right. off right. Absolutely. for me. Yeah. Figuring um, out those numbers. Well, yeah. But you said you did a little work for dad uh, yeah. in, in your mom brokerage going up. Were there other jo- jobs that you had during high yep. school and college? Yep. Sure. I, I worked at a driving golf driving range. Mm-hmm. I did, right. I worked at a movie theater. You know, I was a guy with the bow tie and the oh, yeah. suspenders and, um, all the free movies you wanted. Oh man. And listen, that was great for dates. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Absolutely. Best yeah, seats in the house. For dates. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we did that. And, um, and through college, you know, I, I, uh, I, I did, picked up jobs all through the summer. Um, did a couple of really great internships, paid internships for the Houston Chronicle. And that's kind of well, how you I went, got it. You went to Sam Houston Houston's. State, great school. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. of course, you got your uh, radio television degree. Um, mm-hmm. And you'd mentioned earlier that your grandfather, I guess, was in the publishing business. What what was the motivation for you to study that? Did, did granddad have something to do with it? Yeah, no, actually, what happened was um, I, the summer before I, 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 well, two summers prior to that, there's a guy named Bill Shoning who, the time was the voice of the Texas Longhorns. Um, he's now the voice of the San Antonio Spurs. Right. But he he um, he saw me wearing a Sam Houston hat, and he he used to do <laughs> Sam Houston Bearcat sports games stuff. And so oh, wow. He yeah. asked me about it, and, and it was really funny because I grew up in Austin, so I knew when he spoke, like I knew exactly who he was. Sure. 
And, um, and he said, I'm Bill Shoning. I'm like, Oh wow. And he's like, so he gave me an internship, but he gave me some advice. He said like, you know, unless you want to start your career somewhere in the middle of nowhere, then, um, then maybe you should get into sales. And so that next summer I went to a radio station. I just walked in the door and I'm like, look, like I I just want to sell. Now, of course they were really, they didn't really want to do that. I'm like, look, I'm not asking for any pay. Just give me, yeah, give me a phone yeah. book and let me go. And they did. And I sold a ton. In fact, Oh, that's great. The, I hope they paid you a commission. At they least. did. Yeah, oh, they good. Did. And uh, <laughs> the, the, at the end of the summer, the owner of the station said, he pulled, he pulled me in his office and he was like, Hey, listen, if, instead of going back to school, why don't you stay? And, <laughs> he saw a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was like, I'll pay you $24,000. Oh my and, gosh. And this was and back so, in 95, 96, yeah, something like yeah. that. Wow. And so I went, I went home to my dad and I was like, yeah. this guy wants to pay me $24,000 a year. And he goes, you know, they don't give you all that at once. Right. So I went back to school, but, <laughs> but anyways, at that point, one of my fraternity brothers actually was at the Houston Chronicle and they yeah. had, they had a world-class, uh, intern program that was actually really hard to get into. But, uh, the, the advertising director at the time who eventually actually came to work for us, which is just a neat story. But he, um, he actually also went to Sam Houston. So he would, he would always get one intern from Sam Houston. And, and I, so he, he chose me and, um, and I went there and worked really hard. I was putting some really good spots and well, the Houston and, Chronicle was your first job, right? Yep. Out of college, you were yep. account executive. Did you get some leadership uh, responsibilities early on there? Uh, well, you know, I was on the retail team where okay. a, a bunch of young women professionals were on, and, and basically they were having babies, and so <laughs> they, which is great, they were going on maternity leave, and then I would own their territory, and so I would learn uh-huh. so much, and that's where my, you know, love. So you're uh, filling learned. in for them while they were yeah. on maternity, right? Yeah. Right. And so my dad, my love for, you know, that I learned from my dad with local businesses, like yeah. it was just great. I just yeah. love these, these jewelry companies and piano store people. And, and I just, lo- I loved, uh, to work with them and help them. And, um, and so, you know, I, I moved up pretty quickly at the Houston Chronicle. I, I got on what was called the food team, mm. which was doing food circulars, you know, that used to come in the mail and. Um, I was in a pivotal moment with technology. I was helping these technology companies do real high level uh, targeting. It was really advanced. And I was right in the middle, right at the right place at the right time and learned a lot about circulation uh, and mail, which which really paid big dividends for me sure. later when I started Community Impact. But yeah, awesome. yeah we did great. Uh, I learned a lot there. I learned uh, the, the funniest thing I learned, uh, the best thing I learned at, at Community Impact was, I mean, sorry, the Houston Chronicle was. I had like sold this really big deal. And so my bonus plan, like I was maxed out on my bonus mm. plan. So you know what I was doing? Like I was, every time a customer would call to want to, want to run an ad, I'd be like, hey, like, can we wait till next year? Because I was up against the numbers. Right? I got a deal for you next quarter. Yeah, I can't. And I learned, you know, when you build compensation plans for salespeople, yeah. be conscious of that. Like, right, exactly. you, you oh, cannot so beat your people up. Yeah, and you gotta, yeah. um, so I learned, I learned, I learned some good things there. And, um, Do you remember the first time you started managing people, John? Yeah, it was my, so I moved, my, my wife and I uh, moved back to Austin right. and I w- took a job at the Austin Business Journal. I was an yep. advertising director. You were there about four years. Yep. Yeah, I was 26 wow. when I took that job. Young. And, um, and that's where I, I learned, a, a t- I mean, I had a, I was a sale, I was a sales manager basically on sure. the team. Right. And I still I remember, in advertising, right? Advertising yep. sales. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, looking at my team there and I'm thinking, man, I, I, I remember calling my dad again and saying like, dad, I don't think I can win with any of these. Well, a couple of, a couple of, mm. but, but, but the majority of the team, I was like, 
because it was it was two nineteen ninety nine two thousand. So the tech bust was happening. Oh boy, and yeah. People salespeople were just feeling down, and you know, and I'm like, hey, we gotta go. We gotta go to work, and we gotta go win. And um, and so I learned I learned how to fire people. Yeah. Uh, really, that first firing is always the most awkward for somebody. I think um, that was a really awkward moment for me. And then I learned how to hire great people, and I learned you know we used Gallup at the Business Journal, which is you know, American City Business Journals, which is a pretty big company. Right, right. Um, we use Gallup there. And I learned I learned that those things work. Like when they would say that this candidate was an A candidate, they were. And when they were a C candidate, even though you liked them, they, they were a C candidate. And I learned, <laughs> I learned those things You can't things spend work. as much time on them. <laughs> yeah. Even though you love them. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, yeah. we've all had mentors as well as tormentors, right, mm -hmm. in our career. And without mentioning any names, you know, did you have experiences with people that, you know, had worked uh, or you would work for in the past where you said, you know, boy, that behavior, gosh, I'm sure going to do things differently when I either I manage people or I have my own, you know, company someday? Yeah, I think I think you learn in every job you learn what somebody did really good at and what their weaknesses were. Right. Mm. So you try to take, you try to leave the bad and take the good. But I think, I think as I've matured in my own leadership, like I give my old bosses just a ton of grace mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because like I, I have a bunch of weaknesses too. And the idea that, yeah, I think so. So, you know, we're community impact. We do uh, strength space. Uh, we, we, we really love uh, that model. And, um, and so we really focus on people's strengths and, yeah. and I've learned like, wow, like that's powerful. Um, so instead of focusing on the negatives of my old bosses, like, wow, like there were things that they did that were unbelievable. Like, you right, know, focusing right. on those strengths, um, uh, it's kind of where my head has been, but sure. Right. I've had, I've had really any I've specific, had, any specific lessons or behaviors that you can pinpoint and go, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'll be doing that to my people. Yeah, like um I had a boss that she every time like a new computer would come in, that this boss would just take it. Like and, and, and give you the old one. Give you the and, old all oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it was yeah, like yeah. It, I was just always looking at that like <laughs> you know, I don't know. I always thought that that was kind of odd. But yeah, um yeah. so I uh, you know that's that's one thing. That's a small thing, but you know, also just um, just realizing, just trying to find the best in people instead of the worst sure. people is, is really. Yeah. Uh, you can always look at people and be like, "This person's not very good yeah. at this yeah. and this and this," or you can look at them and it's like, "But you know what? They really are good at. They're really good at this and this." You know, absolutely. So, that, that's that's kind of some of the lessons I've learned. So after your four years um, as ad director at the Austin Business Journal, you decided with your wife, Jennifer, to uh, uh, found the Community Impact newspaper. And some would yeah. say, wait a minute, in 2005, with the internet going full stream and, and with, you know, periodical regular newspapers already beginning to feel the crunch, what was John thinking about? <laughs> so yeah. tell us a little bit about the inspiration around community impact at that time, particularly that point in time. Yeah, I, I always wanted to um, just be an entrepreneur and I had all these ideas. But mm. this one, because it was it fits so well with my background, I was, you know, the Houston Chronicle and the Business Journal. And, you know, the, the bottom line was, is I learned enough about the industry to know that you to build a subscription based newspaper back in 2005, even during, I mean, those were still kind of the peak. I mean, newspapers were making a lot of money back then still and had, okay. and had a yeah. lot of subscribers, but I learned yeah. at the yeah. business journal that subscriber acquisition was so expensive, like right. it was really hard to get these subscribers. And so I knew the paper had to be free. I, I knew the Houston Chronicle, uh, 
taught me about mail, the power of mail. Mm. The key for me was that Jennifer and I were living in a suburban area in Round Rock and we didn't know anything that was happening around us. Like mm. all the local papers were about Johnny kicking the winning field goal. And <laughs> we didn't even have kids at the time. We just right, wanted to know right. when the stupid road construction was going to be done, when they're going to build a Starbucks <laughs> near our house. Like yes. we just wanted to know that stuff. And so right, right. I, I built this like idea together and I felt like, wow, like if I always felt like the average Joe citizen wants to know what's happening in their community. I always felt like the average taxpayer would really love a business journal in their community, mm. but if it was relevant to them. And so I was like, let's just create a local business journal for the local yeah. citizen. And let's build this mail model that it makes no sense to, to most people, but let's mail out 60,000 of these newspapers for free. For free. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And see what happens. And, so it's totally uh, ad driven and yes. it always has been. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and sure enough, I mean, when first one went out, we, 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 we had a home run. And so mm. we, we just kept, we, you know, we funded it off of a, a Southwest airlines credit card check. We, we, <laughs> and you got miles too. <laughs> we got miles too. And we got, we, yeah, it was a crazy day. Um, you know, God played a big role in that though. Like yeah, I, tell I me about that. Was, that was my next question. Yeah. So I, was I had this idea. I had, mm -hmm. I, I built the business plan. I felt like I had actually Jennifer's sister was helping us with some of it. Like she just graduated from tech and didn't have mm. a job. So she was helping us. And I was just like, um, let's just, I don't know. I just didn't have the courage. I didn't have the courage. I have a great job. I mean, we were performing at a high level in the company. Like we're, there's 41 business journals. We were number one or number two every mm. month. Um, awesome. and, and, but like, so I, anyways, I didn't have the courage to leave. And one day, uh, my boss pulls me in our office and she says, um, Hey, uh, this is back at ABJ, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Right, right. And she said she had a call from corporate and that somebody had complained about me sharing my faith with them. And, yeah. And so I was like, I mean, I've always been, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, we're in the middle, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're in the middle of pandemic right now. So I'm talking about God a lot. Right. Yeah. And I think people are open to it right now, but, but I've never, I've never been like, out of my way, like I, I, I will salt my, my, my talks, but I'm not like pounding people with the sure. Bible or anything. Right. And, and I, and so anyway, she said, corporate said that if I continued or if I shared my faith with one more person that I would be fired and she would be fired. Oh my gosh. Wow. And so I was like, that to me was God saying, and God's grace. Cause I was in yeah. his word and I, I just felt confidence. I just felt like God was saying, okay, this is it. Like you need yeah. to go. Right. And right. so it's really hilarious. Like you talk about corporate mismanagement. It, I mean, it just it just stirred so many people in the organization. There are a lot of Christians in that organization that were mm. really upset with what corp, what corporate was doing. But I was, and they thought I was going to sue them, and oh. and I wasn't. Like I was like, no, I was like smiling, and yeah, I was, I was telling Lynn, <laughs> you got boss, you got your message. <laughs> I was telling her my idea, like I was telling her what I was going to do, and right. and she's like, that is crazy, like that is the dumbest <laughs> idea I've ever heard. Had and you I'm, and Jennifer, had you and Jennifer been talking about? Doing yeah. this prior to that happening. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah, go. There's, loved, there's God at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. She loved yeah. the idea. She was always, yeah. all my other ideas were bad and she just supported this idea. <laughs> amen. And that's, that's a voice of God. If there ever was one. Amen. Right? Yep. She is, she is my filter in uh, some ways. So lovely. that's how we got it going. Well, that's great. And gosh, 14, 15 years strong, still mm -hmm. profitable and yes. growing. And how many employees today, John? We have about 240 employees. Wow. We have a, we have a great group of people. Yeah. Definitely. Everyone says that, you know, people are your, 
are your number one asset, but we're really seeing it right now, especially during yeah. this time, trying to sure. navigate this difficult time. And um, have you had to make any cuts or, you know, not staffing? Yet. Or, yeah. Not, I mean, work. at the moment of this recording and, and man, I'm just praying that I can, you know, here's the deal where we're at right now. And uh, who knows when people are going to hear this, but you know, it's really starting to spread in the U S yes. we're, we're in the middle of um, the uncertainty of like how long it's going to be. Right. It hasn't really hit, uh, as many people as we personally know yet, but we feel like it's coming. And, um, and so all of the industry, you know, in the newspaper business has already furloughed people, they're laying people off. And, um, and most, most industries are to be, to be front, to be fair. Um, and I just feel like right now where we're at today is I feel like I'm a steward of our people. Mm. And if I, even though every organization has, you know, some, maybe some ways that they can trim down and be more efficient. We certainly do. But because we're in growth modes, we have all these people that are helping us grow yeah. an organization. And sure, if we're not going to grow, you know, the next few years because of this uh, impact, what, what we're going to have here, then yeah, I'm, I'm overstaffed. But right now, in this moment, you know, because of the business that you're in, it, 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 it feels like I would be totally abandoning my people mm. if, I, if I let them go right now. Like, great. How, how are they t- today? I mean, things might change in a few weeks. We'll see. But right today, like, how do they, how are they even going to get another job? That's right. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's true. so, you yeah. know, the, you know, we, we don't know how it'll play out. We know there's, you know, there's some help coming from the government and, and helping with, with payroll and, right. It's still a little vague, but it's supposed to be coming, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> We're in early and, April now for folks and, that are listening. And people listening. <laughs> listening to this podcast are laughing at us right now because it did not turn out like we were told. <laughs> One uh, way or the other, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I'll tell you, like, I, I, and I don't know what will happen. I know that rebuilding this thing is going to be really hard. So I don't know uh-huh. what our organization is going to look like on the other side of this. But so far... Uh, I, I'm but there, really are the advertisers thankful. still coming? Are you getting you yeah, know, commitments? Because if you know, you're know you not subscription-based, so you really are reliant on a lot of local businesses, right, for the most part? Yeah, I mean, as of today, like already, I mean, we, we've, lo- we've lost 30 to 40% of our mm. bookings like overnight. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I'd imagine that it's probably going to get a little worse as people are shut down and they can't um, – they can't do anything, but right. you know, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're innovating, we're doing some great things on the digital side that probably would have taken us, us months to do if it wasn't right. for this, this time. And so yeah. uh, I'm really proud of the, some of the focus work on what it's going to look like on the other side. Right? Exactly. We're doing everything we can yeah. and I'm proud yeah. of that. And, and, um, so two, you said 240 employees and, and what's your circulation now and how many two, different yeah. journals? Yeah, we have 34 editions. We have, uh, 34, wow. 2.7 million households. Wow. Um, Fantastic. And uh, we've got a, a great, uh, uh, we're really well received in Texas. We started Phoenix a little over a year ago in Gilbert and Chandler, and uh, they're starting to come out into their own. We started uh, Nashville. Uh, so uh, not just rural, you're, you're in some major cities too. You mentioned Phoenix yes. and Nashville. Yep. We're, yeah, we're, we're awesome. Austin, Houston, Dallas, wow. Phoenix, Nashville, and Atlanta. So yeah. we're, we're definitely in, you know, we're interloop in Houston. We're all over Austin, including Central and downtown area. And then we're up in Dallas, we're up in Collin County and we're starting to move into Dallas proper. So tell us a little bit how you kind of integrated God and, you know, the, your faith-based approach, you know, when you're getting those messages, <laughs> that it was time yeah. to move on from AVJ. And, and what does that look like today at Community Impact? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a great question. So like, I mean, uh, you know, even in this moment we're, we're facing, so we, uh, 2008 or 2009, we came up with our company values, which mm-hmm. were we call them the five stones and it's based on the David and Goliath story. It's the David was 
not scared of Goliath because he he had he had his values. He knew what he could do. Yeah. So we've got five of those values as well that we've over the last you know uh, well for our company's fifteen years old, but we've we've used these values for the last twelve or thirteen years. Mm-hmm. We we recognize our employee. I mean, it's part of our culture. So like we talk about innovation and quality and passion and. Uh, faith is one of our stones and, and, mm. um, you know, integrity. So we're, we're talking about these values all the time and we're recognizing our employees all the time about how they're living out our values in their work. And what's really funny about these values is that we said that when we established them, it was like one day there's going to be a media giant. We, of course, Facebook and Google come to mind or something, <laughs> but they would, they would call us out and mm. we were, we're going to be there as David. And we were, how are we going to know that we're going to beat Goliath, uh, the giant, we knew we were going to beat him because of our values and, and who we were as an organization. And, you know, I got to tell you something, Brant, like we're right in the middle of this and I don't know how this is going to go down, but it mm. turns out that our giant isn't so giant. It's a microscopic virus that you can't even right. see yeah. that is staring yeah. us down and calling us out. And so yeah. we're using our values to kind of overcome it. And, That's um, great. and so well, our, sometimes, our, sometimes you can win when you bring five rocks to a sword fight. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. It sounds and like especially you're if you're good path. at it. Especially that's right. That's right. You got the new technology. Let's talk a little bit about your culture. You've touched on values. Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously CEO, founder. It sounds like Jennifer's involved in the business. Mm-hmm. How, how do you build your culture? You know, and tell me a little bit of what, what's unusual or unique about uh, Impact Community Impact newspaper. Yeah, I mean, if you meet our, if you meet our, we call them impactors. If you meet mm-hmm. our people, like <laughs> I love they, that. They, 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 they are they're just unique. Like mm. they are as passionate about our mission uh, and our values as Jennifer and I are, mm. you know, our, our mission statement says that we are, we, we want to build communities of informed citizens and thriving businesses through the collaboration of a passionate team. Mm. And, and it's just a kind of a moral authority. Like who doesn't want to be part of helping citizens know what's happening around right. them with the news and who doesn't right. want to help local businesses do well. And who doesn't want to, like be doing it with people that they like to work with and inspire each other. And so, exactly, yeah. it, you know, I think, you know, we have these things all over our walls, but like, it's, it's the heartbeat of who, who we are. It's not just on our walls. And so, in fact, as we we're all working from home now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling the team, you know, we, we don't have these values on our walls anymore. So, so what does that mean? Who are mm, we? Is it yeah. just our walls or is it who we are? Right. And so I good think test, that that's good test of culture. Hmm? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you what know, do you do when no one's looking. <laughs> yeah. And, now I'll tell you, yeah. like, I, you know, I want to say that right now in our company's history, it's never been better, but, but I also, you know, I know you've got listeners out there that are building a business that might be in middle of uh culture hell right now. And we've right. been there too. Like, you know, companies that grow, go through teenage years where you're, everything's <laughs> awkward do, do. and yeah, hard. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, um, there's a great book uh, called no man's land, um, that really was spoke to, that really spoke to me kind of during some of our growth years that, that it just is so hard to move from, you know, kind of that, you know, small company to large company, large or medium company, and then medium company to large company. All those phases are very difficult. Yeah. And we, yeah. we made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I'm, I personally made really, really bad mistakes with people decisions and, and when you do those kind of things, you you learn from them, but you, you also yeah. you pay, you pay, yeah, right. and it takes right. a long time to rebuild uh, trust and yeah. um, and to rebuild culture. But I I feel like right now we're in such a good place. I have an executive team around me that mm. um, that knows my weaknesses and that won't let me um, 
you know, we, the strengths based stuff has like when you have a strength that's kind of in a in the basement when you're in the basement right, with it, right? And right. and they won't let me they want me let me go there. They call me out uh, on it. <laughs> Good for them. And, yeah, which is who we are. And so, yeah. I, I yeah, think that's, culture, that that reminds me of a question that I heard yeah. recently asked, and it's uh, you know, you're as a CEO, you're usually in a position where you expect to get your you know questions answered what what how do you behave when you're in a situation where your answers get questioned uh <laughs> well i mean i i feel like i'm getting you know better at this i used to you know that debate background is not good for us yeah today. like that's it's kind of scary uh so uh but i've learned um i had a coach that kind of helped me understand that i have these uh the that my emotions will start in my gut and I can almost feel them and they go straight to my tongue. Like it's like, right. so somebody will say something that hits me in my gut and it goes straight. So the, the my coach kind of helped me realize that. And she, she taught me some ways to kind of uh, um, recognize it when it's happening. And so yeah. the, the, the key is you just, you don't speak. You just, Give your, your brain a second to, to, to catch up. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I now. But it I'm, sounds like you've got a team around you that does that, right? That's the yes, point. yeah, yeah, yeah and that's good. And that's they good. love me, and um, I'm getting yeah. better at telling them, yeah. well, you know, that's interesting. Let me think about that. <laughs> what do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in and hire, John? So, so we used to have this phrase uh, that we don't use anymore because our HR team didn't love it. But it was the only way I could like figure out like how to to make it to make it stick. So we used to say we only hire liars and liars was an acronym <laughs> and it stood for, it stood for likable. Like we, 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 we want to be around people that there's that, there's that old phrase. It was a bar. Was it a barbecue and road trip test? Those kind of barbecue beer right. tests or something like yeah. that. There's a lot of companies that build the, the idea is, is like, we're all, we have a lot of different people, but we, we, we need to be likable. If we're going to be a passionate team, mm. you have to be somebody that can be a good teammate. You can't just be a, somebody that's just on your own, um, not in our environment. It just doesn't, you just don't fit in and you won't, you won't like it. Um, and then the, uh, the I stood for intelligence. So, mm. uh, it doesn't matter. We, we always wanted to, when, when our salespeople were talking to local mayors, we wanted them to feel like, wow, like this person is like working for like the wall street journal, like right. that kind of level right. of intelligence about issues that we're writing about. The A was achievement oriented. So like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we want people to take pride in their work and they're proud of their hard work and, yeah. and what they, the fruit they produced. And, and the R was responsible. Like hmm. we can't, we can't uh, micromanage. And so those, those are the four things that I still like look at. Like Great when I'm interviewing people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just, we used to say we surround ourselves with liars. And, and like I said, our, our <laughs> I can HR see where team, HR might have a yeah. problem with that. Yeah, but they, uh, I love they, the acronym. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure those 240 people you were involved in, probably a lot of the hiring, I'm sure today you don't get involved as much, maybe down the road or down the, the food chain, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But if you only had five minutes to interview someone, someone that maybe was maybe a level or two below you, but that person really wanted to make sure because they were going into a certain you know position that was important for the company. What would you ask them in that short period of time? Yeah, I mean, I, I go through that. I go through that liars thing in my yeah, head. So, yeah. so I ask I, the questions I ask are like, if I was to hang out with you know your five friends, what would they say? Mm. Is the reason that they like to hang out with you? I, mm. I like to say like you know demonstrate to me like what's the thing you're the most proud of? Mm. Um, you know the 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 trick question was always like, hey, you know, you know every every environment is different and every company has a different way of doing things. Right. Um, in fact, I learned this the opposite way, which is really funny. I learned this in an interview and I answered it incorrectly based on this organization's <laughs> culture. But the question is, is like, do you want to, 
do you want to be, uh, do you need a manager that's there with you, you know, guiding you and helping you and making sure that you're doing all the right things? Or do you want a manager that believes in you and allows you to have freedom? And, and it's kind of a trick question because mm. we don't have time to micromanage people. And so, so the organization that when I was younger, when I interviewed for it, I answered it like, I want freedom. I like, I want this person to believe in me. And they were like, no, <laughs> this is how we're going to manage you. You know, and I, yeah. I was disqualified because of that answer. And, but for us, it's kind of the other way. Like, yeah. If you need a lot of supervision, it's probably not going to be a good right. fit for you. Not, right. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's other organizations out there that that um, are built that way and they like it that way. They don't want you to go outside the lines. But right. we're kind of a little right. bit more like, hey, you you know, here's the lines. Stay kind of close to them. But, you know, it's okay. <laughs> you, you do go that every now bit. and then. That's okay. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, John, time has just flown by, but we do yeah. have one last question. We ask all of our CEOs and into the corner office, and that's what you know. Career and life advice would you give to someone who you know has their eyes on the corner office, or perhaps wants to be an entrepreneur like you and set up their own business? Yeah, I think. I mean, the best advice I'd, I'd give you is is to to really uh, think th- if you, if you're thinking about opening your own business. To me, it's the question of not what could be or what should be, but what mm-hmm. has to be. That's an Andy Stanley uh, idea, author Andy Stanley. I, that has really just helped me because you're going to have really bad days. And so right. if you think I, I, it'd be nice if I built a coffee shop, you know, that'd be, that, that could be great. Like that may not be enough to sustain you through those bad days. Like it has to be like, you got to think through like, why do I have to have that coffee shop? Mm. Why does our community have to, cause that'll fuel you through the difficult day, difficult days. And yeah. if you're just looking to get to the corner office, like I, but the, uh, the other advice that goes for both groups is, is birds of a feather flock together. Mm. And who, who are you around? Um, and listen, if somebody is like above you that doesn't meet with you values wise, uh, listen, like don't be, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You do not want that corner office if you've got to, um, sell your values short. So, mm. Right. Know who you're around, know who you are, and um, and and be around people that make you better, make you who who God created you to be. Awesome, John. John Garrett, CEO, founder, and publisher of Community Impact Newspaper. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Thanks, Brant. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brant, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. 